At 7.32, let's just remind ourselves that it probably does take at least three to tango in this region, that is to produce meaningful talks on North Korea. And and we've seen that, I think, in the last few days, borne out with the US, South Korea, North Korea getting together. But the reality may be that that we need cooperation from other major regional players too, including Japan, where the government's ranged from negative to cautious on recent attempts at improving Seoul-Pyongyang ties. We can first bring in Professor Kazuto Suzuki from the Graduate School of Law at Hokkaido University to hear more on Japan's position. And good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. We... um obviously heard that recently South Korea sent an envoy to Japan to explain all these recent developments directly to Prime Minister Abe. How are these latest developments being received in Tokyo and perhaps the country at large? Well, I think it was initially a surprise and shock, but I think gradually it it, it, it becomes as a, um, a cause of panic because um, I think Japan... Um, South Korea and United States were on the same page, and we believed that there was a uh, consensus to put the maximum pressure on North Korea. But it seems that the United States has been uh, leaving from that page, and, uh, and Japan will be um, well consider itself as, as an isolated country in uh, in these three countries. Understood. I mean, there's two summits lined up, one involving the US, one involving South Korea, and none at this stage involving Japan. But uh, yep. there are, of course, also good reasons for that. And and if, if you sort of take a bigger picture of you, um, there's obviously Russia and China who are also outside of this mix from the uh, original six-party countries involved in the denuclearization talks. So uh, what's your personal opinion? Well, I think my per- my personal opinion is that yes, this is a game of mainly played by North Korea and United States, and South Korea is um, playing in the sort of a, in between. Um, China, Russia, as well as Japan are basically the bystanders, and I think this is a natural development of if there is the North Korea-United States talk for the denuclearization, I think this is a sort of a natural um, natural path for for realization of, uh, of the talk. As you've made it very clear, um, Japan may be concerned about being left behind. A New York Times article also stated that with the headline, Japan fears being left behind by Trump's talks with Kim Jong-un. It's all rather public, isn't it? How do you think Tokyo will respond to that? Uh, do, do you have faith that Prime Minister Abe will find a way of of moving forward positively? Uh, obviously, that U.S. relationship is very important to him. Yes, of course. Um, I think the Japanese involvement in the North Korean issue is has to be channeled through United States. So the alliance with the uh, United States has been always the a major uh, uh, linchpin for J- Japanese involvement. And I think one of the issues which is left behind is the abductee issues, um, which is the Abe's uh, very strong, uh, high priority. So I, the, what uh, seems to be in this context is that uh, um, 
Japan is losing an opportunity to talk about, uh, bring the abductee issues on the agenda of the North Korean talks. And I think this is one of the senses in uh, in the government as well as in the country at large that this is Japan is left behind. What I mean, obviously, looking at the fundamental issues that that need to be dealt with first of all, the U.S. military presence in South Korea—that's an obvious one for North Korea to discuss—and it also directly involves South Korea. What what would Japan, if Japan was to be granted a summit right now with uh, with Kim Jong Un, what what would Japan want to say that the U.S. or South Korea will not be saying already? Well, I. I am not exactly sure um, if there is anything that the Japan can offer to North Korea for in exchange for bringing the abductee issues or um, or a uh, uh, halt of the uh, middle range um, uh, missile. One of the fear in Japan is that the um, President Trump is going to make a deal only to stop North Korea developing the ICBMs, which, right. uh, which leaves Japan as the target of the you know middle to short range missiles, and still you know uh, the North Korean threat will not uh, go away. So I think these two issues about the middle to short range missiles and the abductee issues are two major points that Japan has. The, has to push through the um, President Trump's uh, agenda, but I think it uh, it seems that this is um, <clears throat> this is not exactly. Well, Japan cannot find any sort of um, uh, uh, return for North Korea to uh, to take up these uh, these agenda. Yeah, I mean, we remember that uh, those missiles were flying directly over Japan, and and the Japanese people would rightly feel that they have a, a case to talk to North Korea about that alone. Um, but this is a softened down approach from Prime Minister Abe, isn't it? That that he's been forced to to sort of almost praise cautiously what, what Seoul's doing publicly. Perhaps, be, I mean, would you say that fundamentally because the US is involved so prominently now and because Trump has agreed to this summit? Yeah, I, I think it's it's coming out from the fear of isolation, and, and and Japan will not get anything from just being a hardliner in the in, uh, in this uh, three countries: United States, Japan, and South Korea. So I think um, uh, Mr. Abe is trying to you know align himself with the line that uh, President Trump and President Moon is taking, and and soften. A little bit to make sure that Japan is uh, is on the, on their side, mm. or uh, make sure that the talks are uh, are okay. But please uh, bring the agenda for which is on the Japanese concern. Well, for now, Professor Kazuto Suzuki, Graduate School of Law at Hokkaido University. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Very interesting to hear that perspective. But we want to shift our focus, staying in Japan to Prime Minister Abe's other problems. And I'm not suggesting that they would have caused him to take his eye off the ball on the North Korea front, but uh, I think he would be forgiven for being at least slightly distracted. Uh, He he enjoyed a a landslide victory in a snap election last October, we remember. That was a kind of gamble, well, not much of a gamble perhaps, but certainly 
um, an effort that paid off very well for him. Uh, it was partly due to his hawkish rhetoric and hardline policies in North Korea, if we recall those. So there is that link. But he is again embroiled in a domestic scandal. They call it the Moromoto School Corruption Scandal. And we've seen our fair share of corruption scandals here in South Korea and the devastating effects they can have on individuals such as Park Geun-hye, impeached, now Im Young-bak, former president, brought in for questioning yesterday. Tobias Harris is a Japan analyst and vice president for Teneo Intelligence based in Washington, D.C. and can now reflect on us how... This could be a game changer, or perhaps not. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. How big a, a scandal is this, really, compared with uh, these huge political career-ending scandals that we've seen in South Korea? And and is there a fundamental difference in in the way the public reacts to them? So, I, I mean, I think considering the extent of the corruption that you have seen. Um, both with the the Park administration and obviously with the past administrations as well. You know, right now we're looking at, I mean, the the amount of money involved, the nature of the corruption is much more, I think, minor. And, you know, Japan has had its share of pretty serious corruption scandals in the past. I mean, it was certainly uh, associated with when the LDP had uh, governed initially for close to 40 years. Uh, It had its own scandals that time that I think where the sums of money were much more significant. But this is more about the nature of what uh, Abe is alleged to have done or, or people around Abe are alleged to have done, um, which is you know, using the power of the government uh, to do favors for, prime, for the prime minister's associates, even though the favors are relatively small. And it's this, um, you know, this idea that it's just this uh, flagrant abuse of power. Uh, you know, that really is the nature of the scandal. But thus mm. far, we haven't seen anything like the demonstrations that you saw in South Korea, for example. Well, th- there was a, a particular feature of the of the Park Geun-hye scandal, which arguably would on its own have caused a major issue here, I, I would suggest. That was uh, her old confidant, Chesun Shil's daughter, gaining uh, preferential treatment uh, with her own school entrance. Can you um, tell us exactly what went on, allegedly, with this Morimoto school scandal? So the it's uh, so the, Mor- the Moritomo Gakuen is a private school in Osaka with a, a right wing ideology, and they had been leasing some land from the government, and then were negotiated to buy it, and they bought it well below something like ten percent of what its assessed value was, and so this report, the reports of the sale surfaced a year ago in February of 2017. And at the same time, it emerged that the operator or the head of the school had courted um, the prime minister's wife, basically as as a sponsor, a backer of the school. She was an honorary principal. She'd given the speech. She certainly was aware of the project of opening the school. Supposedly, at one point, there had been a plan to name it the the Abe Shinzo Memorial Academy or something something to that nature. And so you had these these two things going on. You had this steep discount that the school received. You had the connections between the Prime Minister and the First Lady and a few other conservative politicians. There was never really anything to connect the dots, though. You had a lot of suspicion. There was a lot of smoke, but there was never any really evidence that anything uh, untoward had happened. And the Prime Minister, in fact, came out and said, if you can find any evidence that my wife and I and I were involved somehow, we all resigned. And, and it never emerged. And so it drove... There still were questions about trust and the abuse of power. And we saw Abe's numbers dip quite sharply during the summer of last year. 
Um, and actually, I think they will probably help back up to some extent by um, by Kim Jong-un and, and the missiles he decided to fire over Japan mm. the second part of last year. But this, the scandal sort of faded from view because ultimately there was nothing to connect the dots. And what happened, what changed, and we're still talking about it now, is that documents that supposedly had been destroyed by the finance industry related to the sale um, actually turned out to exist. And those surfaced in February. And then it turned out about 10 days ago, there was another scoop from the Asahi Shimbun that said not only did documents exist, but there were one set of documents that were given to the Diet that said one thing, and that there was a, another set of documents that actually were much more damning in terms of the language used. Uh, they referred to the, the sale as a special case. As it turned out, when these documents were revealed earlier this week, the names of Abe's name was in there, his wife's name was in there, some other conservative politicians were in there. So it appears that the finance ministry was engaged uh, in, in a deliberate cover-up of, of something, but no one really knows what the something is yet. Yeah, and I um, would like to just apologize. Something's been lost in translation through our own uh, document that I've got here in front of me, uh, as you correctly pointed out moritomo school not morimoto so apologies um, for misleading any of our listeners on that but uh, i mean of course all the points that you've just said remain highly relevant and i i'd like to ask you about public opinion how feverish it's likely to become is this now the, the sort of peak uh, or could this become a, an even bigger political crisis for shinzo abe no, I think we might, in some ways, be kind of on the edge of a change in public opinion. I mean, actually, since the election of last year, things have been kind of boring. His numbers recovered. He's been kind of around fifty percent. His numbers have been pretty stable, and so we have. But we haven't really seen that change yet because we, you know, the biggest change in the story uh, came on Monday when the finance ministry admitted to the cover-up. You also had some pretty big developments last Friday, where where you had an official, the official who oversaw the bureau that was responsible for the sale. He was the one who said last year that the documents had been destroyed, and he resigned uh, for his role in the scandal on Friday. So you had this kind of uh, very quick um, surge of news from last week onward, and there were a couple of opinion polls over the weekend. But it's not clear that public opinion really caught up to events yet. And so the real question is going to be in sort of the next wave of opinion polls we see you know, for this, this coming weekend and going forward, you know, are we going to see Abe's numbers start falling as you know, people are now paying attention and seeing that there was a cover-up, there was wrongdoing? Um, the polls that we, some of the polls we have seen have suggested that Finance Minister also ought to resign uh, just because his ministry on his watch was engaged in this cover-up. So whether he knew it or not, he should be responsible. Uh, something like 70%, according to one poll, supported his resignation. So that is probably a sign of more... Uh, more falling approval, or more, I guess I should say, rising disapproval to come. Um, that I mean, and that is likely, and the question is just how far is it going to go? Tobias Harris, Teneo Intelligence, um, we do have to leave it there, but thank you again so much for offering your insight on that. Thank you.